Hey everyone, and welcome to another Hyperspace Broadcast mini-sode, an episode where instead of discussing something that aired on Toonami, we discuss something kind of Toonami adjacent uh, Maybe in an alternate reality this would air on Toonami, uh, or it is at least somewhat related to the Toonami show that we are currently covering. I'm Michael Doak. And Peter Eby. And this week we're discussing A Wind Named Amnesia. Uh, this is an 80-minute movie directed by... Kazuo Yamazaki and released in 1990. It's based on the 1983 novel by Hideyuki Kikuchi. Uh, the English dub, which is what we watched, was released by Central Park Media in the US and Manga Entertainment in Australia and the UK. It seems to be the same dub uh, from yeah. what I can glean, just distributed by two different companies. <laughs> yeah, I don't think they did like a Aussie version, but I would yeah. love to see it. <laughs> you know, it might be more watchable, honestly. Um, <laughs> so this is, I mean, the reason that we picked this is because the basic premise of it is that there is a wind that is swept across the world and removed everyone's memories. And I was like, hey, that's kind of the premise of Big O. Yeah, uh, right. at least something happened. Yeah, at least like sort of. And maybe this will take on the issue of like what happens when people lose their memory and what that means more directly. And it does that. Uh, whether that's effective or not remains to be seen, I guess. Maybe we'll get there in the course of this podcast episode. Yeah, it's uh, <laughs> you know what it's it it tries it does some interesting things. This is kind of like this certainly isn't big O like oh society is you know at least functional. <laughs> it's not yeah great. right right it's dystopic. Here there is no function, no society. No one can talk because they all forgot <laughs> except for like yeah right two this people. Is, this is basically a post-apocalyptic movie where the yeah. cause of the apocalypse was just everyone forgetting everything so our main character is a man named wataru it is pronounced wataru in the english dub which is pretty <laughs> annoying and yeah. gets distracting very fast uh this man is traveling across america trying to reteach people the knowledge that they've lost and he like our, our first scene is him destroying this police robot uh, that was once piloted by a person, but when the wind swept across the world, the man forgot how to eject himself from the cockpit, so he just yeah, kind of starved just... to death inside the robot. So now there's like a skeleton inside, which is kind of cool. Yeah, that's uh, a nice idea. The robot is, though, like semi-intelligent in that it can just murder anyone who does anything pretty much like yeah, it seems like a bad like police <laughs> robot thing to have like okay we're gonna have yeah. an autopilot if the cop inside dies i mean just make it i don't know just kill make anything. it go on a rampage yeah it's fine that's great yeah it's pretty bad <laughs> so you know it's funny now that i like now that i'm actually thinking about it i'm pretty sure the reason the police robot starts going after wataru in the first place is because he's not sufficiently shocked by yes. its brutal murder of three it, other people it turns to him and literally he goes your calmness is extremely suspicious yeah it's, <laughs> it's tries like, to kill him what? it's ridiculous uh so yeah so he's being chased by this police robot he blows it up because this woman who na who calls herself sophia tells him how to and she's basically the only other person who can speak in this movie uh well actually that's not accurate but this is the first person he's met so far that can speak so he explains his backstory which is that he would like he lost his memory like everybody else, and he met this guy named Johnny, who was in, and I quote, 
an invalid chair, which is maybe the most offensive (laughs) term for a wheelchair I've ever heard. What the fuck was that, huh? It's insane that they called it that in 1990. Yeah. Like, that's a very archaic term for a wheelchair. I'm just realizing this now. That was in 1990. Who the fuck did that? (laughs) Who authorized that? That's crazy. Yeah, yeah. And essentially, that's what uh, this kid, Johnny, who ends up... Like, it turns out he was part of a government experiment, and, he, you know, he was being attacked by some other random government experiment thing, which is, like, this big, ripped psychic dude. Oh, yeah, dude. I forgot about that, yeah. Uh, and he was like, oh, well, so I was an experiment to, from, like, memory expansion, so they kind of, like, put a drive in my head that recorded <laughs> all this memory, so the wind didn't affect me totally. I can rely on this, like, my hard drive, Yeah, I guess. yeah, yeah, some kind of computer in his head that remembers <laughs> things for him. His apparently offensive hard drive. <laughs> that, yeah, I guess. You know, that's, that's what he taught him. That's, I guess that's what he taught, uh, yeah, what's <laughs> taught Wataru. Uh, Wataru, Wataru, you know, tomato, tomato. Yeah, uh, well... Yeah, yeah, and before Waterer even meets him, I'm going to call him Waterer just because the movie calls him that. Oh, God, uh, yeah, sure. Do it. <laughs> before Waterer even meets him, he's just like a, he's just like a completely feral man stealing sausage from children. <laughs> yeah, like right. There is crazy. a there is a fair amount of what I would call misery porn in this flashback of just people like suffering because they don't have memory anymore, and you know, just pushing elderly people out of the way so that they can get to food. And that kind yeah. of stuff. It's, I don't know, just kind of unpleasant. I mean, it's supposed to be, but still, it feels <laughs> it more was... unpleasant than this movie deserves. For, I, I don't know if I agree. I thought it was very mild. <laughs> he just stole sausage from kids and they started crying. It's not like he, like, shot a kid or something. Like, <sighs> yeah, I, this kind sure. of shit can get so much worse in order to, like, set the tone of the movie. And, like, instead, it's, like, fairly benign. Like, it's not great that people being pushed over and stuff but i i especially with like movies from this era or like anime or whatever you could expect like a lot worse to just randomly happen yeah (laughs) i mean fair enough i don't know there's something about it that kind of uh rubbed me the wrong way though to be honest i don't know Mm -hmm. it's not like yeah sure it could be much more awful and miserable but it was still like well, well, you know, actually, just to like come out and say what I think about this movie off the bat, uh, one of the things that I really dislike about it is that it takes place in the immediate aftermath of everyone losing all memory completely, which yeah. means that that kind of stuff is basically the whole movie. Like, yeah, right. It, it's it's a weird post-apocalyptic society, like world where there is basically no society and everything is just returned to the level of animals, except not even because animals tend to feed their young. So yeah, there, there's something like... weird about it that I don't like and that rubbed me the wrong way pretty much right off the bat. It doesn't help yeah. that... This flashback scene is 20 minutes long in an 80-minute movie, yeah. and it doesn't really need to be that long at all. So yeah. So he explains all this crap. Johnny died eventually. Johnny named him Wataru uh, because it means traveler, and he wants Wataru to travel around and teach people stuff, as I said already. Um, and Johnny, like brings up some ideas as to why this happened. Maybe it was a military experiment that went awry, or maybe it was aliens. I'm just going to put a pin in that. Yeah. So, yeah. 
uh, Wataru and Sophia start traveling together. They're in Los Angeles and they see uh, a young woman being attacked by several men, uh, but she's saved not by them. That would be too heroic. Instead, she's saved by a man named Little John, who turns out to be her father. Uh, yeah, not not that Little John. <laughs> no, no, a different Little John. If only. Uh, much more interesting movie. Um, so Watara is like, oh, I'll take them with us and like teach them everything. But uh, Sue, the woman, decides to go back to her tribe because it turns out she ran away because she was going to be sacrificed. But then she decides to go back because she realizes that if she was not sacrificed, someone else would be in her place. Uh, yeah. They find this tribe who has kind of created this deity around this giant construction robot that is controlled <laughs> by some guy who figured out how to use it and dresses yeah. like a priest of some kind. Uh, for some reason, he just starts murdering the like cult tribes people that yeah. worship his giant robot. Uh, Sue just gets killed in the crossfire, and then Wataru kills him, and then the robot explodes because it's like I don't know, Planet Zebes, <laughs> yeah. and he's Mother Brain. Like, yeah, yeah. If you shoot, if you shoot the person piloting a crane, the crane will explode. That's yeah, what right. ha- that's how it happens. <laughs> that's, and it's basically what the robot is. It's just a big crane. <laughs> yeah, right. It is. It is just a giant crane. So uh, now, so, hang on. Let's right. not gloss over one of the dumbest scenes of the movie. And this is because the reason that Sue realizes that oh, life is so can be so good, and I'm going to be denying someone else's life by not sacrificing myself is because they take her to the beach and she immediately throws off her top and starts running around in her underwear on the beach topless and it's just like yay woo, yeah and like a 20 minute long sequence it feels like yeah <laughs> just it is like a very anime long, nudity very, yeah very fan servicey <laughs> sequence that again doesn't really need to be there it absolutely doesn't and then like it's it's so funny though and it's just playing this music she's just frolic around naked on the beach and they're just kind of like looking at her and it's just like yeah, I guess that was the first day she was truly happy. And then right. uh, now and then she's she... going to go kill herself for a tribe. And Water goes, shit! <laughs> yeah, what, what's pretty hilarious, too, is that he finds out that she's left after he comes back with just literally, like, an armful of champagne bottles. He has, like, fucking <laughs> yeah. ten of them. And then yeah, when he damn, finds out, he just party. throws them all in the air in exasperation. Like, it's really <laughs> silly. Um, but anyway, so, yeah. She dies. Uh, they teach Little John how to use a shotgun and <laughs> decide that I guess he's going to be the new leader of this tribe because he's a former member of the LAPD. I question our hero's judgment <laughs> yeah, more than a little bit. Uh, so now, next stop, Eternal City or Eternal Town, depending on yeah. the version that you watch. <laughs> this is a city town. where uh, basically a supercomputer runs it. And there are two people, and they've been implanted with the memories of the whole town. So they're just kind of playing out all of these different lives in short bursts. It's an interesting and kind of creepy idea, honestly, Mm, but it feels like it doesn't fit very well. And after the big computer is like, do you guys want to stay here? And they're like, nah, not really. They leave. Uh, they attempt to bring the young woman who acted as Wataru's nurse um, with them, but she decides not to go with them because she has too many memories of the town and the old man who turns out to be her dad. Uh, right. 
it's it's maybe worth noting that the the man is named Mr. Simpson and the daughter is named Lisa, making <laughs> yeah. her Lisa Simpson, which is a little odd. I mean, whatever. It's 1990. It's not like the Simpsons She's blonde, was though. the hugest thing, but still, <laughs> dude. They know. <laughs> yeah, sure. It's, it's a Simpsons reference. <laughs> yeah. Is Lisa really blonde, or is she just yes yellow? Just... <laughs> I mean, yeah, like <laughs> her hair is an extension of her skin, seemingly. Yeah, that's a that's a difficult place to go, honestly. Yeah, like, I'm not sure. Like, what happens? They're like made of cheese. <laughs> it's like they just grate the top of their heads. Yeah, they're then... kind of like animal cracker people in a way. Yeah. Uh, maybe that's why it's always so weird when they're in 3D. It's like Homer works in 3D, but any other Simpson to me is just bizarre. Yeah. I don't yeah. know why. Maybe it's the cheese grater heads. But anyway, we kind of glossed over this, but the police robot is following Wataru yeah. and yeah. attacks them before they get to Eternal City. He wakes up in a hospital. That's how they get there. It's kind of irrelevant the police robot pursues them through all of this and even though they destroy it several times it can self-repair which is is an interesting detail because it keeps getting self-repaired with like junk laying around so it changes in appearance very drastically which is cool but like I don't understand why the police robot's really there in the first place. So it's, it's kind of so, not cool either. It's so fucking secondary to the entire plot. Like the it really just seems like an excuse to have action and suspense. But like there is, it has no relevance in the plot whatsoever. It's there's no story about this this police mega. It's just angry at him, I guess, and like can track him via satellite. It's like, oh, I'm mad that and, you <laughs> shot me in the beginning of the movie. So yeah, oh, I'm going to get you. <laughs> and also like kind of tracks him across the whole country because he was insufficiently upset by watching other people yeah. be shot to death by the police robot. Whatever. <laughs> it's, uh, it's pretty dumb. Yeah. At some point during all of this, Sophia makes a bet with Wataru that no one will come with him. And she bets humanity's future on uh on this like random thing which yeah. is not weird in any way at all uh, also she can she was able to destroy all these robots by sending electric pulse through the wall <laughs> to destroy these oh, like don't robots that, that were... at all it was it was when they were in the uh city they did actually get threatened to be like hey join eternal town we have these drones and oh, we really yeah, need you to true. join yeah, right, because right. running the town on two people really yeah, doesn't work very well. And uh, she just zaps the wall with her hands and it causes everything to blow up. And she's like, also, I'm way older than 104 years old, which you consider the standard of human age, I guess. Yeah. Right. And well, high. and this is this is the point where she reveals that she it's is, in fact, an obvious. alien. Yeah. And. Uh, you called it pretty much immediately. <laughs> like the second she shows up, I was like, she's the alien. Yeah, or an <laughs> she, alien. Uh, yeah. So, uh, yes, she's an alien, and they're the ones who caused the wind to sweep across Earth. And the reason for this was that uh, basically humanity's bad, and uh, <laughs> they were like, oh, no, humans are getting into space. We have to stop them. And the best way to do that is just by sending them back to the stone age essentially well, it's part of like they have to they want to like monitor them and see if they really are worth it i guess and so it's like we're going to test humanity by sending them yeah sending them back to the stone age and then seeing what happens and she's kind of their observer for this alien giant alien civilization right so she tells wataru all of this now i'm saying wataru god damn it <laughs> uh and 
then they proceed to drive across about half the country without any scene of the two of them like coming to terms with this fact. Yeah. Uh, they get to New York. Guess what? Police robots there trying to kill Wataru. And he finally blows it up. Uh, he and Sophia have sex. And then she <laughs> yeah, goes randomly. Yeah, com- pretty much totally randomly again, just some fan service. Uh, and then her spaceship shows up. It's a giant silver orb. And she's like, well, I'm going to go back to my people. And he's like, are you going to restore everyone's yeah. <laughs> memories? And she says, I don't know. Uh-huh. And then she kind of pontificates <laughs> about whether or not people are better off uh, not having memories at all or having them. And in fairness, she does say that it's not her decision to give people back their memories, but that she'll tell her people her experiences. So, like, I guess it's kind of implied that she'll argue on humanity's behalf. Right. But it comes down on this really weird note of Wataru just kind of leaving and being like, well, I got a lot of work to do reteaching all of humanity, all of our lost history. Yeah. And it, I don't know. It just ends on this weird note of like, I don't know. Is it better for people to remember stuff or not? <laughs> Which like, like given yeah. everything. Yeah, exactly. Given everything we've seen in this movie, it seems like removing people's memories was a bad thing <laughs> like very obviously right it like if humanity was going to destroy itself anyway like what why remove their memories and you know observe them then i guess just to test them and because they're too dangerous in space even though like i guess this is form a time where like people had hope in our space technology yeah i like, mean now it's kind of like well, i don't think we're gonna get there anytime soon <laughs> yeah i mean it's not even necessarily that it's just like i don't know i guess the assumption that aliens would happen to find us and be like hey guys come join our federation or whatever it i don't know it's it's really just a story of aliens hitting the reset button on humanity in order to like stall humanity so that we don't cause problems in space uh, and the movie comes down kind of ambivalent about whether or not that's a good thing, despite the fact that it seems like it's a pretty bad thing based on almost all of the evidence the movie has to actually offer. Um, I mean, it's not even just that. Like, I'm okay with it being ambivalent in the end, because it's like, well, what fucking choice do we have? They're way more powerful, and they did it. It's not like, you know, I don't know. It, it, like, I, I'm okay with the more ambivalent ending, but like, I feel like there isn't really any growth. <laughs> like, it, it feel like the characters. I don't know. Like, there wasn't enough of an arc for like mm. any of the like for Waterloo especially. Yeah, he he does start the movie and end the movie in pretty much the same position. Yeah, he's kind of just like... acts like he's learning more, but he doesn't really like show. He doesn't show his work in the end, you know? It just kind of seems like, yeah, I'm more enlightened now, and I'm going to teach well, humanity, yeah, and I guess. He, and he's slightly more knowledgeable about the cause of the event, but the cause of the event's kind of irrelevant. Like, it's also, it's also kind of frustrating that there was, like, zero conflict with him and Sophia after that. Yeah, after right. The well, that, that's something that... Been something. <laughs> that is something that actually really irritates me, because, like, I, I, I will <laughs> say that... just like, okay. Well, <laughs> there's not even that, though. Like, yeah. there's not even that. It's just she tells him she's an alien and they did all of this. And then 
There's okay, just several for a moment wordless and then cut to traveling. Yeah, several wordless scenes and a traveling montage, and then by the time they're in New York, it seems like everything's fine. But we don't get to yeah. see any of what happened in that time. And like, I do kind of have a problem with them being ambivalent about whether or not it's better for people to have their memories because it's like pretty much outright stated that the aliens could restore them if they wanted to. So it seems like an odd place to come down as like, well, I don't know. Put hands up in the air. That's the physical motion that I'm doing. (laughs) I guess that's the end. I, I don't know. So it's probably pretty clear that I didn't like this movie very much. Uh, I, I didn't love it either. I, th- I thought it was it was all right. It didn't help that we watched the dub. I feel <laughs> this is from an era in which it does not, uh, which I feel this is in my opinion. This is from an era where you watch the dub and you get a lesser experience. I know you know. Call me whatever a weeaboo or whatever the fuck. But I, like, I mean, I think that you're saying you're stating a pretty widely accepted belief, though. Like, I don't think people uh, yeah, are going to okay. argue against that. <laughs> Like, like dubs nowadays, you could easily watch, and I think it'd be fine. People c- kind of get it, and, like, they get how to translate a show. This is, like, it's 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 kind of stinky. I thought it was streamlined pictures for the long, for the entire time, actually. And it's kind of, it's got that quality. I think it's just, it's got that early 90s dub quality. Sure, yeah. I mean, to be honest, I guess I, I would have to watch the two movies side by side, I feel like, to really be able to... Or not necessarily side by side, but I, would... I actually kind of did. Yeah, but did you watch <laughs> the whole thing? No, I like... didn't. But I watched segments of the movie, and I was like, I can actually get more into this for some reason. Yeah, I I don't feel like I would be able to do that, and I don't like my problems with this. Fundamentally, I feel are just the story doesn't work for me. Sure, I don't think that's going to be improved no. necessarily by the translation. No, I agree um, with that. I mean, I think. To me, I, I got more invested in the world watching the subtitled version a bit, and I, there's a bit more detail in the words they're saying and stuff. And uh, not so much with the dub; the dub just kind of seemed more bland to me. Uh, mm. But it does not, you know, you can't polish a turd all that much, right? And like, I don't know. Like again, I I feel like what it comes down to though is just the lack of conflict in things that you would think there would be major conflict. You would think that might drive the plot of the movie, but it fucking doesn't at all. It's just irrelevant. Like, I I don't know that that seems like such a huge missing piece to me. Yeah. I feel like they could have used some of that, like time spent just driving across landscapes of America in the in the like third act of the movie to be more about like exploring Sophia, her story as a person, and then like the conflict between you know actually having conflict between her and water in the end, and like yeah, sure, you know maybe making something of that, but instead you know to be armchair director dipshit, but but still right. Uh, well, and and know, the thing is, I can't fix this movie. <laughs> it, it was right. all right. It was like horrible. It, it's weird. I didn't like it very much. Uh, I have a number of problems with it, which I've mostly gone over. I think one of the other ones that is just a major problem for me is like, I guess I don't really know what my Socratic ideal of a, of a story about people losing their memory and what that means is, but having it be set directly after that event and having 
basically two characters that can talk through the movie yeah feels like something that works a lot better in a book than it does in a movie yeah like i i feel like just the ability of prose to be kind of you know internal helps a lot yeah and and it's probably it's hard to read that in this yeah it probably does work better in the novel um and and then like on top of that too to be honest with this kind of story I, and again, this is just my, I guess, Socratic ideal of what I want out of this kind of thing. I feel like I don't actually care all that much about what caused the thing in the first place. Yeah. Like, I'm more interested in how people, like, react to the change. Just as an example, like, it's obviously a different thing, but any George Romero zombie movie does not bother explaining why there are zombies now yeah because for the person on the ground it doesn't actually matter at all like yeah right if if you're not one of the people dealing with the cause of the thing directly you just have to accept it as the new reality and deal with it and i tend to like these kind of sea change i guess concepts when they're handled like that yeah and and when it gets into this like it's actually aliens and they did this because of these specific reasons yeah and they can change it back that's the point where i start to be like well fuck you like yeah then do it i don't know yeah it doesn't work as well when you pull back and try and like look at the entire world of the of the uh the cause of it and this entire like universal thing going on it's like okay like how about it makes more sense dealing with the struggles of individual people trying to get by now that this entire crazy change has happened and that's i think what makes also i think big o works better because it's set 40 years after and there is well, a society yeah, that does help a lot and it, and then you can like pick apart little make little stories about like different things that could have happened when everyone forgets shit uh, right that's and, actually kind of interested interesting even if it sometimes doesn't quite work like yeah right and yeah. if they don't necessarily capitalize it uh, or capitalize on it as much as i necessarily want like yeah. I, I do i don't know it's it's this weird thing where i've seen i guess two extremes where one is like kind of the big o extreme of this is a thing that happened in the past but at least for the first season, because we've watched a couple episodes of season two, and it seems to be more in the forefront now. Yeah. But at least in the first season, especially the early episodes, it seems kind of irrelevant. Yeah. Like, it's definitely. just sort of a backstory thing. And then this extreme where it's like, no, this happened, like, last week, basically. And <laughs> right. no, and no one has had any time to deal with it or even really think about what it means or what we've lost as a result of it. It's just, I don't know. It's just yeah, kind no of time. A, the fact that they lost language is a pretty, pretty rough one. Yeah, like, right. That and, also and, hampers the movie a lot. Like, oh, yep, you have two characters really that can talk, and yeah, you're stuck exactly. with them, and they don't have conflict with each other at all (laughs) right right fucking boring and instead because we need some action scenes in here there's a police robot chasing them which is the most infuriating thing for me because it's the sort of thing where i'm like i i have to be missing something this police (laughs) robot has to be 
like symbolic of Some kind something, of metaphor. Yeah. but I don't know what. <laughs> and because I don't know what, it seems totally pointless. I think you're giving the movie way too much credit. I think this, I think it's just there for action, and it's just there to drive the plot along because there's no other conflict. Yeah, and maybe it feels cheap because of that. <laughs> that's quite possible. So. So yeah, that's uh, yeah. What I think that's the last <laughs> word on it. Amnesia. Honestly, it's yeah. it's a movie. I did not like it very much. Maybe I would have liked it more had I not watched the dub. Yeah, yeah. There's I, only I'm so not much really you can sure. Do. <laughs> but um, but hey, we, next week we're getting back to season two of the Big O, and let me put a little teaser too. Season two looks like it's going to be awesome. Okay, that's great. Yeah, but right. Our next no, I'm, I'm excited so, for it. Our next minisode yeah. <laughs> is going to be fucking tremendous. So yeah, well, just you just, yeah, just say that. Just say that. We we don't it's need to spoil be nice. what it's going to be, but yeah. it, it oh, should yeah. be a fun time. Hopefully, more fun than this necessarily was. Um, it, it must be. <laughs> There's literally no other choice. All right, let's go. Uh, thanks for listening, y'all, and uh, we will see you next week with the Big O season two. <laughs>